Welcome to episode 65 of the Sonic Sketchbooks podcast. I'm your host, Gary Warner. Of late, I've been reading about the year 1816, the year without a summer, and ways in which that global experience of sudden disruption of normative climate cycles influenced artists, poets and scientists. In 1815, Mount Tambora, a volcano on the island of Sumbawa in present-day Indonesia, erupted violently. This, the largest such event in recorded history, in addition to a cataclysmic series of other effects over the course of years, blasted millions of tonnes of gases and particles into the upper atmosphere. These volcanic aerosols distributed up there, encircling the Earth, reflecting heat from the sun and suppressing temperatures to such an extent that crops failed across entire continents. Waterways used for trade supply remained frozen after winter and this resulted in epic famines, social upheaval, refugee diasporas. It all sounds familiar. In the early 19th century, no one really made a connection between the Southern Hemisphere eruption and its global consequences. This correlation didn't happen until the early 20th century, following the 1883 eruption of Krakatoa and other major volcanic events that affected global climate. Artists like Caspar David Friedrich in continental Europe and J.M.W. Turner in the British Isles recorded the resulting persistent phantasmagoric atmospheric effects of deep red skies and dark days in their paintings with great visual acuity. Lord Byron, Percy B. Shelley and 19 years old Mary Shelley near Godwin Wollstonecraft famously decamped from England to Switzerland where unseasonal cold wet conditions persisted from winter into the European summer and Mary pens a story that will become Frankenstein or the modern Prometheus and Byron pens darkness, an 82 line apocalyptic vision of the end of days the death of light itself and the madness that descends upon humankind as a result of this cosmological extinguishment. Byron, of course, writes darkness in an era when all lighting was produced by flame, by combustion of oils, woods, waxes and other fuels. In his poem, humans apocalyptically burn everything in the world simply to be able to see each other once more. The electric light we take entirely for granted was yet to be invented, let alone become ubiquitous, so the ordinary experience of darkness would have been far more immediate and profound. In 1780, husband and wife Luigi and Lucia Galvani discovered that static electricity could excite the nerves of dead frogs, and Alessandro Volta, after them, invented the electrical battery in 1799, and English inventor Francis Ronalds demonstrated the first electric telegraph for message transmission in 1816, the year without a summer, and our deep reliance on electricity and its generation was well and truly seeded. So I got to thinking about humanity and the industrial as a kind of slow distributed volcano, another force of nature spewing millions of tonnes of gases and particulates into the atmosphere that sustains us regardless of potential consequences. Naturally, today, many point to the narrative of the 1816 year without a summer as an object lesson in appreciating global connectivity, the great ecological systems of our planet, and how the Earth's climate can be impacted by disturbing the fine balance of billions of years of entropic settling. 
All this is by way of introducing this episode's thematic, arising from a rereading of Byron's poem Darkness, looking at other poets' interpretations of the dark, leapfrogging forward to 1984 and the poet Robert Lacks by way of Henry David Thoreau, Emily Dickinson, Yosano Akiko, Sylvia Plath and Gary Snyder. The individual poems you'll hear in this episode are noted after the conclusion. I had a dream, which was not all a dream. The bright sun was extinguished, and the stars did wander darkling in the eternal space, rayless and pathless. And the icy earth swung blind and blackening in the moonless air. Morn came and went and came and brought no day. And men forgot their passions in the dread of this, their desolation. And all hearts were chilled into a selfish prayer for light. And they did live by watchfires. And the thrones, the palaces of crowned kings, the huts, the habitations of all things which dwell, were burnt for beacons. Cities were consumed, and men were gathered around their blazing homes to look once more into each other's face. Happy were those who dwelt within the eye of the volcanoes and their mountain torch. A fearful hope was all the world contained. Forests were set on fire, but hour by hour they fell and faded. And the crackling trunks extinguished with a crash. And all was black. The brows of men by the despairing light wore an unearthly aspect as by fits the flashes fell upon them. Some lay down and hid their eyes and wept. And some did rest their chins upon their clenched hands and smiled, and others hurried to and fro and fed their funeral piles with fuel. And looked up with mad disquietude on the dull sky, the pall of a past world 
and then again with curses cast them down upon the dust and gnashed their teeth and howled. The wild birds shrieked and terrified did flutter on the ground and flap their useless wings. The wildest brutes came tame and tremulous. And vipers crawled and twined themselves among the multitude, hissing but stingless. They were slain for food. And war, which for a moment was no more, did glut himself again. A meal was bought with blood, and each sat sullenly apart, gorging himself in gloom. No love was left. All earth was but one thought, and that was death, immediate and inglorious. And the pang of famine fed upon all entrails. Men died and their bones were tombless as their flesh. The meagre by the meagre were devoured. Even dogs assailed their masters, all save one, and he was faithful to a corpse, and kept the birds and beasts and famished men at bay, till hunger clung them, or the dropping dead lured their lank jaws, himself sought out no food, but with a piteous and perpetual moan, and a quick desolate cry licking the hand which answered not with a caress, he died. The crowd was famished by degrees, but two of an enormous city did survive, and they were enemies. They met beside the dying embers of an altar place, where had been heaped a mass of holy things for an unholy usage. They raked up and, shivering, scraped with their cold skeleton hands the feeble ashes and their feeble breath blew for a little life, and made a flame, which was a mockery. Then they lifted up their eyes as it grew lighter, and beheld each other's aspect, saw and shrieked and died. <laughs> 
even of their mutual hideousness they died, unknowing who he was upon whose brow famine had written fiend. The world was void. The populace and the powerful was a lump. Seasonless, herbless, treeless, manless, lifeless. A lump of death, a chaos of hard clay. The rivers, lakes and ocean all stood still and nothing stirred within their silent depths. Ships, sailorless, lay rotting on the sea and their masts fell down piecemeal. As they dropped they slept on the abyss without a surge. The waves were dead. The tides were in their grave. The moon, their mistress, had expired before. The winds were withered in the stagnant air and the clouds perished. Darkness had no need of aid from them. She was the universe. Many walk by day, few walk by night. It is a very different season. It was very pleasant when I stayed late in town to launch myself into the night, especially if it was dark and tempestuous, and set sail from some bright village parlour or lecture room with a bag of rye or Indian meal upon my shoulder for my snug harbour in the woods, having made all tight without and withdrawn under hatches with the merry crew of thoughts.
It is darker in the woods, even in common nights, than most suppose. I frequently had to look up at the opening between the trees above the path in order to learn my route and, where there was no cart path, to feel with my feet the faint track which I had worn or steer by the known relation of particular trees which I felt with my hands passing between two pines, for instance, not more than 18 inches apart in the midst of the woods, invariably in the darkest night. Sometimes, after coming home thus late in a dark and muggy night, when my feet felt the path which my eyes could not see, dreaming and absent-minded all the way, until I was aroused by having to raise my hand to lift the latch, I have not been able to recall a single step of my walk, and I have thought that perhaps my body would find its way home if its master should forsake it. It is a surprising and memorable as well as valuable experience to be lost in the woods any time. We grow accustomed to the dark. When light is put away. As when the neighbour holds the lamp to witness her goodbye. A moment, we uncertain step for newness of the night, then fit our vision to the dark and meet the road, erect. And so of larger darknesses, those evenings of the brain, when not a moon disclose a sign or star come out within. bravest grope a little and sometimes hit a tree directly in the forehead. But as they learn to see, either the darkness alters or something in the sight adjusts itself to midnight. And life steps almost straight.
hopeless. In the darkness of the bamboo grove around the graves of my lover's parents. My offering. White plum blossom. Sun goes down. On the dark side of the hill, through pecker redwood trees in gloom and chill, a small red blossom agitates the shade, the pipeline trail. Weave forward, carried on these feet feel of the body and abstract recollection held in time. Abandoned house at road's end. Grey and real, the glassless square holds black. The steps all sidewise and the wise inside. I walk back to my cabin door and leave this day behind. There is the moon in the high window, it is over. How winter fills my soul. And that chalk light laying its scales on the windows, the windows of empty offices, empty schoolrooms, empty churches. Oh, so much emptiness. There is this cessation, this terrible cessation of everything. These bodies mounted around me now, these polar sleepers. What blue moony ray ices their dreams? I feel it enter me, cold, alien, like an instrument. And that mad hard face at the end of it, that O oh, mouth open in its gape of perpetual grieving. It is she that drags the blood black sea around month after month with its voices of failure. I am helpless as the sea at the other end of her string. I am restless, restless and useless. I too create corpses.
I see myself as a shadow, neither man nor woman, neither a woman happy to be like a man, nor a man blunt and flat enough to feel no lack. I feel a lack. I hold my fingers up, ten white pickets. See, the darkness is leaking from the cracks. I cannot contain it, I cannot contain my life. I shall be a heroine of the peripheral. I shall not be accused by isolate buttons, holes in the heels of socks, the white mute faces of unanswered letters coffined in a letter case. I shall not be accused, I shall not be accused. The clock shall not find me wanting, nor these stars that rivet in place abyss after abyss. Light begets light, light begets light, dark begets dark, dark begets dark, light begets dark, dark begets light, light begets light, begets light, begets light. Dark, out of dark, light, out of light, light, out of dark, dark, out of light, light, out of light, dark, out of dark, dark, out of light, light, out of dark. Dark of light, light of dark, light of light, dark of dark, dark into dark, light into light, light into dark, dark into light, light is light, light is light. Dark is dark, dark is dark, light is dark, light is dark, dark is light, dark is light, light 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 in light. Light in dark, light in light, dark in dark, dark in light, dark in light, light in dark, dark in dark, dark in dark, light in light, light in light, light in dark, dark in light, light in light, dark 
in dark, dark in light, dark in dark, light in light, light in dark, light in dark, dark in light, light in light, light in light, dark in dark, dark in dark, dark in light, light in dark, dark in dark. Light, 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 dark, 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 light, 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 dark, 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 light, 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 light. Dark, 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 light, light, light in dark, dark in light, light in dark, dark in light, light in light, dark in dark, light in light. Light, 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 light. Light, 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 light. Light, 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 light. Light, 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 light. Light, 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 light. Light, 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 light. Light, 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 light. Explosion of light. Explosion of light. Explosion of dark. Explosion of dark. Explosion of light. Explosion of light. Explosion of dark. Explosion of dark. Explosion of dark. Explosion of dark. Explosion of light. Explosion of dark. Explosion of dark, explosion of light. Implosions of dark, implosions of dark, implosion of light, implosion of light, implosions of dark, 
implosions of dark, implosion of light, explosion of light, explosion of light, explosion of dark, explosion of dark, explosion of dark, explosion of dark, explosion of light. Circle of light, circle of light, circle of dark, circle of dark, circle of dark, ladders of light, ladders of light, ladders of dark, ladders of dark, ladder of dark, circle of dark, circle of light, ladders of dark, ladders of dark, ladders of light, ladder of dark, circle of light, circle of light, circle of light, circle of dark, ladders of light, ladders of dark, ladders of dark, circle of dark, ladder of dark, ladder of light, circle of light, circle of light. Circle of light, circle of light. Thanks for listening. The works I read in sequence were Darkness by George Gordon, a.k.a. Lord Byron, 1816, an excerpt from Walden or A Life in the Woods by Henry David Thoreau, 1854, We Grow Accustomed to the Dark by Emily Dickinson, circa 1862, an untitled tanker poem by Japanese author Yosano Akiko from her 1901 book Tangled Hair, Stanza 5 from Gary Snyder's poem Hills of Home, circa 1957, published in his 1986 compendium, Left Out in the Rain. An excerpt of the second voice from the radio play Three Women, a poem for three voices, written for the BBC by Sylvia Plath and first performed in 1962. And finally, Light, an emblematic 1984 work by Robert Lax. 
as well as all being written in some way in response to experiences of darkness, phenomenological or psychological, the sequence charts a progression in form, answering the question, what can a poem be? You can find out more about the podcast at the episode guide at sonicsketchbooks.net. This is episode 65.